Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It's another edition of The Wrap. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black should be here shortly. And we got the great Lynn Henning on, our good friend. Welcome in to the Warren RV Storage Studios here in Farmington. Give them a call, 586-977-2770. They are on uh, 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren, Michigan. There's my man. He's coming in. Approximately 1,000 storage sites, one of the largest RV and commercial vehicle storage facilities in the area, and they are in Warren. Large sites available to accommodate vehicles from 20 feet to 75 feet. Make sure you tell them Maz sent you. Tell Roger and the gang there that Maz sent you. And if you bring any friends over there that want to have their RV parked there and be safe while they don't have it, you make sure uh, you send people over there, and they will give you a referral fee for anybody that you send to their doorstep, and they'll do the rest. And we welcome in Clarence Black. CB, thanks for running in here. I know you're busy, man. Dude, I was getting a coffee. I was getting you a water. Yeah. This dude, like, legitimately had a heart attack in front of me. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, God, no. Like, were you in the car? Kinda, yeah. Oh. Like, I'm literally, like, the car wouldn't, it, at a red light. I'm like. Oh, no. Did you get out? Yeah, I got out. Another yeah. dude got out. So they got somebody they got his, on. Yeah, him? Think he's gonna be okay. Oh, I hope so. Oh, oh. God bless him, man. That's bro. That's scary stuff. Lynn Henning joins us uh, from Crazy. Uh, from uh, I don't know. He's somewhere near Atlanta. <laughs> What's up, Mr. H? It's uh, four and a half hours away, man. It's uh, that's good. On the coast, far away, uh, closer to the forty miles from the Florida border. Nice, man. Uh, do you get out to Florida a lot? No, not since uh, something called uh, coronavirus showed up. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I haven't crossed the state line. I used to be down there routinely, but uh, I haven't gone south. I have gone north, uh, but uh, I have not uh, gotten back to Florida. And frankly, uh, right now I would be down there because they have instructional camp going on at uh, Lakeland, and that would be a first chance since March to see all these minor leaguers. Uh, that doesn't mean I won't be down there, but uh, at the moment, uh, I'm not. Mr. H, I got to ask you. So I, I've been I've been dying to, to get this question out because you are the one who coined the phrase COVID is in control on the show this summer. So now that the president has has gotten it, what was your reaction when the president got it? Welcome to the world. <laughs> and, uh, all our vulnerability. Uh this thing is not making exceptions. No. And the more you uh, act arrogant against it, uh, the more inclined you are probably to get it. And uh, it has happened with the, the guy that from the outset has been hostile toward it, has dismissed it, uh, has uh, no doubt in his own way, uh, indirectly or directly, uh, led to uh, a good many deaths. And um, you can't wash your hands of that, uh, Clarence. Uh, you count on a president to take command in the same way that other countries that treated this seriously from the outset have done so, uh, much to the protection of lives and health. But uh, it was going to be inconvenient, and uh, in his world, anything he doesn't like, uh, he wants to dismiss, give the back of his hand to, grow hostile toward, and um, that's only a, a symbol of uh, his psychosis. And uh, America brought this uh, havoc onto itself four years ago, and uh, we're still paying the price, and they're going to continue to pay the price. 
How are the Ouch. people? How are the people in Canada doing? I haven't really paid attention since the hockey was over. Are they still doing all right? Well, they're better because they don't let us across the border, man. Right. And, uh, yeah, re- really. They, they've they've taken this thing again uh, for the serious health threat that it is. They understand you put lives and health uh, ahead of any other consideration. Now, that's not a popular viewpoint across America. It's subject to. Uh, Again, the same kind of disposition that the president has shown toward it, dependent upon governors. And uh, today, the governor in our home state, uh, my home state, uh, found that she was uh, part of a kidnap plot because she took it seriously, which just shows you how far off the axis this world has gotten. This is unbelievable. If, if you missed it, folks, and I know by the time you see this podcast and uh, streamcast, you're going to know, obviously. But six people accused of conspiring to kidnap Michigan's own governor, Gretchen Crazy, Whitmer, man. according Crazy. to the FBI. Where, where the hell am I? Where do I live? Is this deliverance? Am I in the movie well, deliverance? It wasn't just a, a scheme either, guys. Uh, they, they had this well planned out, uh, as you know and as you probably have read. Uh, they had cased her vacation home in Elk yep. Rapids. Uh, they had done all kinds of surveillance, and they were going to have a final run-through at the end of this month. Uh, this thing was more than real and more than terrifying. And when you think in how many instances now this is probably being replicated, this very kind of craziness, uh, it, it's depressing because there's anywhere from 20,000 to 60,000 of these militia members nationwide, yeah. 300 of these. And um, all it took was Timothy McVeigh and a couple of partners to do what they did in Oklahoma City. Uh, this was a crew of about six guys more looked like they were probably at least attached to the effort and, and at least to the concept, if not the planning. So uh, this takes on a very real uh, presence, and uh, it is uh, positively chilling. Lynn Henning joins us, uh, Detroit News, uh, longtime Detroit News and uh, columnist and good friend of the program. and. This is crazy stuff, crazy times uh, we live in. I'm not going to get off the subject, but in Florida, you were talking about Florida, and their governor is ready to tell everybody, come on into the stadiums. They told the Dolphins, you can yeah. fill this place. What are they? What's going on there? Yeah, Florida's governor, who was uh, an absolutely frightening mistake in the moment he was elected. Uh, Opening the beaches? And DeSantos. Yeah. Uh, um, a year ago. Uh, Ron DeSantis is right from the Trump school when it comes to COVID. And that's why the state's cases have been absolutely uh, through the, the roof. Yeah. And with uh, senior citizens abounding down there, they are losing people left and right. Uh, DeSantis and, and his minions believe that uh, this is collateral damage and the price you pay to keep them, quote, your economy open. And that tells you everything about their values right there. So there's no point even getting into a discussion with them as uh, it, it's absolutely... Uh, stunning and sickening. Now, Dolphins' uh, ownership is not going to go ahead and do that. They will let some people in, but they're not going to go forward with letting everybody in. And I, you know, look what's going on in the NFL now. This is the problem that we thought was going to happen from the get-go. It started slow, uh, mm-hmm. but now it looks like the Titans, uh, Tennessee, a bunch of these guys went out on their week off at the end of yep. September, and they worked out and they brought it back to the home. And it's, you know, it's 20 deep, two more positives this week, 
And now that game is in jeopardy of being canceled against the Bills, who have done nothing wrong. And now the NFL has this rule, if they find you guilty of breaking the COVID rules, you can forfeit the game, which is not a big deal. It is a big deal. You could forfeit draft picks, and you can be fined as well. This is an undefeated, a pretty good, well-run organization, and the, I don't know, the horse is out of the barn. But it's money. I mean, this all comes back to money, and Mr. H, that that brings me to my my other question for you, because I was actually surprised when I saw it. My biggest question when, with the baseball playoffs was always, how would it hold up against you know the finals, the kind of the you know the start of the the fall TV season. You got the football. You got a lot of things. the The playoff ratings came out forty three. Was it uh, Bob Nightingale's article today? Forty three million, with an average view of one point eight, adding in the two point six four. Obviously, with New York, are you at all surprised by the ratings? And then also, do you think that's going to give MLB the the inspiration to make these this postseason these postseason changes permanent. Oh yeah, they're staying. Absolutely, and yeah. um, a couple of things, Clarence. First of all, I'm surprised they got the 60 game schedule. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Good for them. They they did pull it off. It was touch and go, but they pulled it off. The idea to go to 16 teams, I would not have been in favor of until I saw these games, and they yeah. really good. And uh, there's no reason for baseball to back off from that now. It's really, truly the win-win-win. Everybody's a lot happier with uh, their teams involved. What does the $43 tell you, Mr. H? That people were hungry for baseball. Or did you expect it to be higher than that? uh, I thought it would – I thought – I honestly thought that given the – you know, the fact that everybody is in the house and there's choices, I thought that choices would naturally kind of – the numbers would go down. I, I, I did. I, I expected dismal numbers. Well, the early playoff games, the, the ones that are playing at two and three o'clock, yeah. they got under a million views in the first week. Right, but We're I talk- mean that's that's sure. But the overall, if you'd have told me that overall we'd be at forty three million, I, I was like, no way. I oh, thought maybe I, high teens. Well, there's a lot to oh, watch, no, but no, no way. I think uh, guys, uh, everybody was again uh, so deprived of baseball, and this is good baseball. Right. These 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 teams have played really well. You've seen as much drama as you probably could have expected. There's been no sense that these playoffs have been weakened or watered down. And so there's every reason for baseball to hang on to 16 teams. Now, what, the Tigers are going to be part of this soon. I, I, I can't tell you, although I did try to tell you in 3,500 words today in the Detroit News. You probably haven't seen it yet. It just posted a couple hours ago, but it goes back to Clarence's question to me a couple of weeks ago. How do you assess Alavila in this rebuild? I spent all this week doing it, and again, 3,500 words to put it into context. A big, big, big newspaper story is about 1,600, 1,700 words max. Wow. And uh, this is twice that size. I thought you uh, were retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, really, I enjoyed it, because, but it was very comprehensive, uh, Maz and Clarence, and had to be, because we're exploring all facets of this five-year rebuild, from drafting to trades that were made and not made, uh, to free agency, uh, to minor league free agents, to the waiver wire, and to, of course, the draft, and the international market, which is one aspect of this whole thing that has been too often overlooked 
and uh, not scrutinized. The Tigers have done a terrible job, frankly, in the last 10 to 20 years, if not more, with the international market compared yep. with these other clubs. I got into that. That's why it took 3,500 words, fellas. And, and again, can't wait uh, to read it. I'm not trying to sell you anything except no. that it did a couple of hours ago, and uh, we got into everything. Mr. H, it's interesting. People in the Padre organization and, and fans will talk about, you know, Machado's got the big contract and he's the big name, but that is very much Tatis' team. Uh, Mookie Betts has talked about the importance of Cody Ballinger, which kind of threw me off. He stole that game last night. Who, you know, as I'm thinking about the Tigers, who is our, where is our Tatis Jr.? Where is our Ballinger, these these young players that are going to drive the culture? They're in the minor leagues mostly. Um, and, and that's, again, what the rebuild was going to be about. Again, Clarence, there's not a lot of surprise here on this end because I thought this thing was going to be longer and tougher than most rebuilds because they started it late due to Mike Illich's preferences, and they really tied themselves up with some bad contracts, again, at Mike Illich's discretion. So that was what I knew was going to prolong this by a couple of years, which means at the five-year mark, you're not seeing what you're going to be seeing in two years and certainly what you're seeing in two years should have been closer to what you'd have been seeing in 2020. But they got a late start, and it was going to be complicated for the reasons mentioned. That's all analyzed in this particular piece that I wrote for today. But to your question, Clarence, about who is the next Tatis or Bellinger, it's going to be Riley Green, it's going to be Spencer Twerkelson, and there are probably some others that are going to be part of that group, too. And, and, and we've gone over those names, the Bryant Packers, the Parker Meadows. Um, they're they're going to be a, a bunch of guys. The, the, uh, Dillard that they just got in this year's draft, definitely from this year's draft, you're going to see some of these guys involved uh, because they had a very good draft this year. They had a, a good one a year ago, and that's the power of analytics, finally getting into their scouting and into their drafting. We go through all that in this story today. So, uh, again, without trying to offer a sales pitch uh, <laughs> it's a it's a very broad and deep look this is not an easy summary and um it, it couldn't be approached that uh, way and that's why it took me all week and 3500 words to write this thing but i hope it holds up make sure you guys get your hold uh, of the detroit news three bucks for three months Damn, pretty darn good deal one. right now i know it'll go up after three months but you know we got to support our papers as much as we can yeah. free press has well, the same deal but reason. make sure you read it um, you know, if I can interrupt and, and just make that point, it has nothing to do with sports. But this morning's blockbuster on Gretchen Whitmer's near kidnapping, or at least planned kidnapping, uh, was a product of our great court reporter, Robert Snell, uh, being at federal court and, and sniffing this one out yesterday. That's um, awesome. This, this is a kind of reporting and journalism that is essential to society, more so than what I'm writing about the type. This is this, we all know its place. I know, but it's also well, great to read. Well, and, and thank you. But it is it, it's it's multiples and uh, contributions that, that become part of a newspaper's mosaic. We're the only business that was giving it away forever and ever and ever. You can't do that, right. uh, and not and survive and be viable. But if you uh -huh. don't have newspapers survive, you're not going to have the Robert Snells and the people at the Free Press digging into Kwame Kilpatrick and into. 
uh, th this conspiracy against Gretchen Whitmer, et cetera. So it's more about sports, even though sports, let's face it, that's why I'm in it. That's why we're all in it, because sports are important, too. But uh, journalism extends into those other spheres as well. You're looking at a newspaper guy here, a guy that held a newspaper, read every single one I possibly could until finally here in Detroit and, and all across the country, they stopped, you know, everyday delivery. And then it went down to two days and then it went down to one day and you lose track of it that way. And it sucks. I mean, it, it, it's terrible. I mean, my kids don't know what a newspaper is. They just think it's a advertising that dad puts in a recycle bin. I mean, that that's, they, they, it's a shame that they missed out on, on, on such a great, a great thing, a great something to wrap your hands on. I even wrapped my my gifts with with comic comics <laughs> from the Sunday paper. I mean, I miss it all. <laughs> hey, Mister A, man. So, so <laughs> fortunately, uh, it, it's still available, and and I hope uh, that younger generation sees uh, the value and the power and the need uh, to have watchdogs uh, throughout our daily lives. Without that, uh, we're in trouble. You're not kidding. Mr. H, I know you've mentioned before about managers and and where you think, you know, they there there's value in them, maybe they're overvalued. As you look at the playoff teams, do you do you see any managers on a short list just from the playoff teams that the Tigers should go after? And who do you think of the playoff teams would be the best fit here in Detroit? No, I, I, I don't think you're going to see any of those guys go anywhere, Clarence, because they're happily employed right now. But you've got uh, that group outside it uh, that is uh, very abundant and very rich. And the Tigers are going to come away with 10 people uh, to interview that are going to be excellent. Now, A.J. Hinch, again, is the, the hot ticket right now. And he could very well want this job for the reasons that I articulated in this piece today. Uh, they're in good shape with their farm system. Their payroll is now uh, whittled down to pretty much Miguel Cabrera being their only bad contract. And uh, believe me, the way that they're headed, and with uh, the third overall pick coming uh, in, in June, or rather in July because the draft's been moved, that this has got um, all kinds of upper altitudes that it could reach right at this particular stage. It's somewhat analogous to when Sparky Anderson took over the Tigers in 79. Now it took five years before they got to a World Series. But and it's, there's no guarantee that five years is gonna deliver the same time frame here. It, it's gonna be tough to duplicate, but they're headed north um, by all evidence. They're headed north and probably uh, that speed will pick up a little bit here because of the fact the farm system's kicking out a lot of talent right now. So that's a good job for Hinch. There's another guy that they need to talk with and they know all about him. It's Mike Ribello, who was in their farm system until last year. Now he's an assistant hitting coach of the Pirates. And Mike Ribello is terrific uh, on all fronts. And the kids know him. He's worked with all those kids coming up. I think he'd be a, an excellent hire. But you could go in any direction. They're going to end up with a very good list from which to choose. And manager we get excited about because we think manager has more power than he does. Um, it's still all about personnel. So it's what's going on in Al Avila's office that counts a lot more. But manager is important. And uh, they'll have a good hire. And um, this is going to be a good job for the next new skipper. One of the one of the hot names just this out there who does not have a contract after this current year is crazy. Not a player, Theo Epstein. 
who who yeah. is going into his last year, if he's on the market, I mean, is is this a case where every team has got to take a look? I mean, at least it's I mean, does it, did the Tigers have to at least sit down with him to, to kind of pick his brain? Well, Theo Epstein's good, and we've always known it. Uh, we knew it back when Boston purged him. So uh, this is nothing new. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that he's going to come in and be a miracle worker. What it does mean is this. Whoever would come in right at this stage as a GM, all the dirty work is done. Right. They're in really a good good place right now. So Might as well let Avila ride it out. Theo Epstein would be rubbing his hands together, but so would anybody to take this job right now because the last five years have been all about demolition, which took a long time and was going to take a long time, and the rebuild, which was also going to be a lengthy process. Uh, and, and so I, I don't know that it's a matter of hiring the hot name. I think it's hiring the good name and making sure that uh, what you've got in process now, and, and thanks to Avila embracing analytics, they've at least gotten together with the other teams in that regard. Dave Dombrowski was not a fan of analytics, and for that reason, um, Avila had to pretty much start from scratch there and building an analytics staff that's now quite strong. But it's not all about analytics either. It, it, that's a big part of it. And right down to draft evaluation, that's a big part, which is why they've had better drafts the last couple of years. Those analytics people are really involved in the process now. Uh, but uh, this is going to be a better baseball story in the next few years. Uh, you hope it can um, get them into a playoffs picture maybe within two seasons, and uh, then you hope the White Sox uh, run into a bunch of injuries. Because <laughs> 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 that's where you're slowing down the White Yeah, they're good. Mr. H, i got about a minute and a half here. Uh, do you think the DH is staying in both leagues? Please say yeah. yes. And yeah. do you think the Tigers need a Latin manager? No. Um, I'm, I think they need a good manager. Uh, and, and if the good manager is a Latin manager, terrific. Um, they, they need to make sure that their interview process is very open-minded. Um, now, it could be Alex Cora. Um, I don't know that he's going to want it any more than Hinch would want it. He's probably locked in Boston already, don't you think? Don't you think they have him hired? Conceivably, he's he's coming right back to his old job, sure. But Cora probably, he interviewed uh, three years ago, and he he could interview again. Hensley Mullins from the – there are people like that. How about Beltran? Well, I'll tell you right now. Davey Martinez at uh, Washington, uh, he came close to getting that job three years ago with the Tigers. And – the Tigers don't necessarily regret that, that they lost him because this wouldn't have been very pleasant for David Martinez. No. He ended up with a lot of World Series. Yeah. But, but it, again, uh, referring to Clarence's question, uh, it's going to be very open-minded. It will be. And I don't know if Hinch wants his job. He's going to have pick of the litter in the next sure. couple of years. Uh, but uh, he would be a good one. And, and again, remember what helped make him a good one is that Astros roster. He's not bringing that with him to Detroit. No. But uh, they'll have a good skipper. And I think if they keep their present personnel uh, decisions uh, intact in, in terms of analytics, draft, trades, acquisitions, you're going to see a strengthened roster 
and probably in two years you're going to like this baseball team. And 10 seconds, the DH, yes or no? Oh, of course, man. Yeah, they're only 50 years behind you. I know. <laughs> Please. I'm so... I can't have it. It's it to be that far behind before they finally embrace something that's obvious and logical. But I think they'll have it. All right, Mr. H, we'll catch you Mr. on the flip H. side. We'll be reading okay. you today. Appreciate it, 3,500 great words from Lynn Henning in the Detroit News. Thanks, Mr. H. Uh, Thank you, Clarence, for coming in, and uh, we'll do it again. Everybody keep it right here. Plenty more to talk about. Thanks to Kelsey and David B. behind the glass. Stevie Mack helping us put the show together. For Clarence Black, I'm Tom Mazzaway. Thanks for listening to The Wrap here on NRM Streamcast.